You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio episode number 301. The Eagles are big losers episode of BGN Radio. I'm just kidding. They're 13-3. and three. They're not that bad. Uh, but they did lose two in a row to the Dallas Cowboys and to the New Orleans Saints, putting their number one seed in jeopardy. I am Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of bleedinggreennation.com. We'll get into all that uh, as well of the as well as the Eagles, you know, playoff scenarios. We'll look at the Eagles Saints game. We'll look at some other stuff around the league. But before we do, I know that I would like to know where I can find the finest meat snacks in the land. Well Jimmy, right to selling.com discount code BGN fifteen since we're in the new year and the the twenty percent code doesn't work anywhere. BGN fifteen for 15% off your order. One thing I should stress about that code, by the way, is that it is a permanent code. It's not like a one-time only, like some of these other offers you'll see. And I think they even have um, some offers sometimes on their website that will be like 15% off your first order, which is great. I mean, you can use that. It still works. But if you use the BGN 15, it works for every order. It doesn't expire. So you want to use BGN 15 at RightJustSelling.com to get 15% off snacks. No one wants to hear about that right now, though, Jimmy. Uh, I have a question for you, but we should probably get to it after we come back from break, okay, because we're going to get into some of the um, the more newsy things, like you said at the top of this show, including that I think most importantly, uh, one of the the biggest things to transpire, other than the impact of the Eagles losing itself, was Josh Sweat having to go to the hospital. Um, and I'm oh, only mm-hmm. it's a very nervous laugh for me because that was that was very scary to see him go down like that and be on the field for such a sure. long time, and never a good sign when the uh, cart comes out and all of the bench comes out to say uh, goodbye to him for the moment. And then yeah, I think we both noticed too that like the cart was going slow off the field. I've never seen that before. Usually they get the guy off the field pretty quick. Like the cart was moving at such a slow pace that it, it just seemed like, man, that was not good. That was scary. Um, the good news is he did tweet, Josh Sweat did tweet on, late on Sunday night, early Monday morning, that uh, he will be back this season. I don't know what that means, um, but scary scene. For sure. I didn't see his – as soon as it happened, I saw him like kind of lightly pounding the turf with his hand. So I I saw him move his upper body, but I didn't see him move his legs at all uh, initially. Somebody – one of the trainers went out and moved his leg for him, and then he just didn't move thereafter. Um, and then, you know, we're watching the, the cart closely and what, you know, what they're bringing out with them and stuff. We saw them bring the uh, stretcher out and they, you know, loaded him onto that. He looked like he was trying to give like a thumbs up on the way out and almost kind of couldn't even do it. So it was very scary. And they brought him to the hospital, was released from the hospital that night. So he didn't even stay overnight. 
Uh, but yeah, it's a good sign that he tweeted out that he's going to be uh, back this season again. Whatever that means, who cares? Like that's uh, that's like secondary to Life. his um, potentially avoiding a life changing injury. And actually, I don't know if uh, you're probably too young for this, but there was a Jets defensive end. I want to say this happened in the '80s. His name was Dennis Bird, where he and another Jets player were converging on a quarterback from each side. And the quarterback stepped up and avoided the hit from both players, and they collided into each other. And Dennis Bird had his head down, and his and you know head kind of got oh. crunched back into his body, similarly to the way that Josh Sweats did. And that that guy got paralyzed. Um, obviously, never played again. I don't know if he can walk now, or if I don't know what his what what his status is now, or whatever. Well, um, more or, more modern example. He's Ryan Shazier, right? He's still like, alive. You know, we've seen this happen, like in you know Eric sure. Grand college football, but still, you know, like this ball's a pretty dangerous game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the Dennis Bird hit looked a lot like the uh, the the impact. I'll say that Josh Sweat had in that game. So again, it's good to to hear that you know he had he had movement in all his extremities, as the Eagles said, in like the third or fourth quarter or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, good news that, that he's better, and it looks like he did avoid, you know, some kind of just life-altering It is worth uh, noting that uh, Robert Quinn will be eligible to be activated from IR in Week 18 as soon as this week. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, he was not very productive prior to going on IR. Maybe the time off will do him some good, um, but certainly with Sweat going – or potentially, you know, I would think he's at least going to miss this game this week. I don't know. And who knows? It's hard to say what's going on with him. But um, you would think that they might want to get Robert Quinn. He, they got enough depth at that, at that, you know, along the line. Mm-hmm. He's been awesome this year, by the way. Like, he's had a legit yeah. – he made the Pro Bowl last year. And you and I have both sort of agreed that, you know, that was a little fluky. Um, but he has had a legit Pro Bowl type of year this year. Um, didn't make it this year. But he's got 11 sacks. Um, BG played – over 50 snaps in this game, uh, after, you know, because Sweat couldn't play. He wound up having two sacks and going over uh, double-digit sacks for the first time in his career. But, uh, yeah, Josh Sweat has had a really, really good season. And it's a big loss if uh, if they, you know, do wind up losing him for the rest of the season or, you know, for any of the playoff games upcoming. But I'm with you. I doubt that he plays uh, against the Giants Week 18. And even if mm-hmm. he could... Right. I think you severely err on the side of caution when when you're yeah, dealing with for the, the neck sake injury. Of the person's life, <laughs> not just like you know their ability to yeah yeah contribute this season. Um, all right, other things going on from the game. I think we just have, and we'll get into the game itself, but like just impact of the loss. You know, obviously yeah. if the Eagles had won, they would have clinched the number one seat in the NFC. They had they've mm-hmm. had three games to do this, and so far they are zero for two. So not great because, you know, it would have been really nice for the Eagles to be able to just rest their starters in week 18, um, get some extra rest and not have to further risk injury because as we've seen in recent weeks, Lane Johnson goes down, Jalen Hurts gets banged up, um, Josh Sweat just goes down. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of risk. Avante Maddox, there's a lot of risk in these games meaning something. So um, it's it's unfortunate. I think I am less ready to push the panic button than you are. If what's what's your concern level at this point with the Eagles scale one to ten, ten being like the season is over? Well, they're lucky that they're that the Giants won. So, so what's going to happen essentially is the Giants are going to rest their starters. Um, almost certainly they're going to rest their starters now. Brian Dable after the Giants win over the Colts 
he kind of had this like rah rah football guy kind of uh you know we're we're we want to win games blah 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 blah. Today, uh, I didn't see his press conference or wherever he said this, but Dave Zangaro, I transcribed of, uh, it. NBC I found Philly, it. Uh, uh, tweet. Yeah. So, oh, he did. Okay. Um, and Go to ahead. be clear, too, I think some of his answer may have been clipped and quoted wrong from the Giants Colts post game because uh, he was asked if he was going to pull back on guys and rest them at all, and he said no. But the question was, have you given thought to that? And I think he might have been answering because someone followed up, did you give thought to it? And he said, I, I have not given thought, thought to, to that. Yeah. So he did not say, like, right. I'm definitely not right. resting them. That's not what he said at all. And then, yeah, again, he was asked about this on okay. Monday noon or so. And he basically just said, we'll talk about it and do what's best for the team. Uh, it's early Monday. We'll go out there and try to have a good week of practice, prepare like we normally do, and then decide what we want to do relative to who's playing, who's not playing. Whatever we think is best for our team, that's what we'll end up doing. Uh, he said he's going to talk to Joe Shane, and they're going to have talk to the coaching staff. And they don't need to make that decision right now. So, again, we'll do whatever we think is best for our guys and our team. Vegas certainly thinks the Giants are going to rest their starters because the Eagles are favored by two touchdowns. They're favored, depending on where you look, they're favored either by 13 and a half or 14 points. Well, Jimmy, what's that? the only place to look is DraftKings Sportsbook. <laughs> okay. And it's 13 and a half. 13 and a half there. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Vegas isn't in the business of losing money. So they're not going right. to put out a horrible line without knowing yeah. full well what's going to happen. Uh, if anything, they would just they just wouldn't have it up. They wouldn't have a line for that yet, and they do. Think about the Jalen Hurts situation and how his MVP odds like dramatically dropped, and then the Eagles Cowboys Lions like <laughs> right. swiftly went in Dallas's favor even before news of him getting hurt was put out in the public. So yeah, they're not. This is they're not operating blind here. So anyway, with that all being said. Uh, to answer your question, where's my uh, level of concern on yeah. one to ten? I'd say it's at like a seven. Uh, it could. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's high, but it's because they're playing like crap. I mean, they they did not play mm. well in certain phases on defense against the Cowboys. Um, they did. They had, were just totally crap to bed on both sides of. Well, maybe not necessarily defense in the second half, but the defense did not play well early. Uh, in the game against the Saints, and certainly the offense stunk. It wasn't just Gardner Minshew. Like, Minshew played poorly, clearly, but he didn't get a lot of help from his offensive line, from his receivers. Mm -hmm. um, and they just, I mean, the offensive line, the offense, the offense in general just looked terrible uh, throughout the entirety of the day. What is Jalen Hurts going to look like when he comes back? Is he going to be able to throw? Is, is, is sure. the shoulder going to affect him? What is Lane Johnson going to look like when he comes back? Is he going to be able to move around like like he normally can? Or is you know he going to be hampered you know significantly by that sports hernia? So there's a lot of big ifs uh, with this team now. Mm -hmm. um, do I think they're going to take care of business against the Giants? Sure. Of course, I thought they were going to take care of business against the Cowboys. I mean, they were underdogs in that game. I thought they were going to win that game. I certainly thought they were going to take care of business against the Saints. They did not do that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I expect them to beat the Giants backups, assuming the Giants rest their starters. But, you know, who knows? Um, ultimately, I think once they get past this Giants game, um, everyone can kind of take a, a sigh of relief. I think we I kind of said this about the Saints game a week ago, but they can take a, a sigh of relief, take the week off, regroup. And sort of recover, and uh, I think they'll be okay heading into the divisional round. Uh, but certainly, my level of concern is um, heightened at this point with the way that they played the last two weeks. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not there, and I don't know if that's me being detached from <laughs> doing this for so long, or in denial, or whatever it is. But I mean, in fairness, I did say I thought it was going to be a close game against the Saints. I picked, I literally picked the Saints plus six and a half. Originally plus five and a half when I actually picked it um, in our like behind the scenes thread 
for the SB Nation NFL show last week. Saints plus five and a half was my lock of the week. I felt extremely confident that the Saints were going to make that a close game. I did not think that was going to be a walk in the park for the Eagles. So maybe that's impacting mm-hmm. me here. I did think the Eagles were going to win, to be clear. So I was wrong about that. And I'm not saying like, I'm I'm not shocked about that the Eagles lost. I am surprised, but I don't think it was, it's, it wasn't like they were, I just don't think it was ever going to be a situation where they're just going to have their way with that team that was playing for their playoff life. And the Saints have been since eliminated. It's actually funny because they the Saints, um, they won, which is bad news for the Eagles when it comes to having the Saints draft pick, but it actually didn't impact the pick in terms of it's still at mm-hmm. 10 uh, and it would have been at 10 even if they lost. Now, you know, it could have been as high, I think, as six. No, if they correct? if the Eagles won, if, it still would have been tenth, apparently. No, I, I just oh, said oh, I'm saying okay. if the if if the Eagles won and the Saints lost, the Saints pick this season, like not oh, not depending this week, next but week's this games. season could have been okay, yeah as gotcha. high as number six overall. And now that can't it can't go higher, I believe, now than ten because of the strength of schedule tiebreaker mm-hmm. and everything. Even if the Saints lose in Week Seventeen, by the way, the Saints will be playing the Panthers in Week Seventeen. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But it, now I think it can go as low as fourteen. I think it's to be between ten and fourteen, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so certainly, you know, that's unfortunate and <laughs> makes the and makes losing to them even worse. Um, but yeah, I, I just think I, I think. The idea that like I'm concerned about the Eagles coaching staff being bad now, like they've been they've been so good this year for so much of the season. One game is not total, especially offensively. I'm talking mm-hmm. about is not souring me on them. I still have concerns about Gannon when it comes to going up against a good quarterback. Um, that certainly is still there, um, but that didn't really change this week. That's just kind of you know going back to uh, last season, going back to the Dak performance against him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe again, I'm underreacting to it. Um, that's maybe kind of just who I am as well. So the person who just doesn't really emote and have always you're dead inside um, is what you're trying to the say. Strongest. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, 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 but it's, it's true. I genuinely don't like my feeling after the Cowboys game was genuine frustration. I was so frustrated because I felt like the Eagles were the better team and they didn't mm-hmm. win the game. In this game, they definitely were not the better team. They deserved to lose. No, unquestionably. Um, but I just I don't feel like. The season is over by any means. I mean, I think they're going to beat the Giants. And now, look, let's be clear. If the Eagles blow this, if they lose oh, the I mean, Giants like and do not get the one seed. Because there is a scenario where they can actually still lose and get the one mm-hmm. seed. That would be if the Cowboys and the um, 49ers. Uh, 49ers also lost. But probably not going to happen because the 49ers are playing the Cardinals, who are like super banged up and have nothing to play for and are just bad. And the 49ers are good to begin with. And then the Cowboys are playing uh, the Commanders. Um, so not expecting that. Um, the other scenario I should mention, so there's three three scenarios that the Eagles can get the one seed at this point. Um, number one, they win. Mm-hmm. Simple. Beat the Giants. You're in. Boom. Tie the Giants. Because of the Vikings' loss, the Eagles can actually tie now. So, you know, is that super likely? No. But if you're late in the game and you have a chance to just, like, run out the clock versus <laughs> having to try yeah. to win, then just run yeah. out the clock. Like, don't, you know, mess around. Uh, and then the, the 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 third scenario would be that they lose, but then, again, the Giants, sorry, the 49ers and Cowboys also lose. Taking a um, knee for a tie against Giants backups to get the one seed would be the lamest look, way possible. <laughs> I agree. I, I totally agree. And I'm not going to be, like, showering them with flowers if they do it, but... Hey, yeah, you, point, I mean, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta the do. Way they've yeah. Looked, yeah, just get the one seed and then figure imagine it out. that though. I, I, again. Yes, it would be pretty <laughs> pathetic. I don't disagree, but um, you would take it, and 
it's not going to be smooth sailing. It's just not. It's not how the NFL yeah. works. And the 2017 Eagles, just because you know it might be going a similar way, I'm not saying the Eagles are guaranteed to win the Super Bowl, but we we just talked about this. I think on the pod, mm-hmm. the pre- Saints preview pod, I said late in that season things got a little yeah. dicey there against the Raiders, and it was with a backup quarterback. Now, obviously, Foles played out of his mind in the postseason. But late in the regular season, didn't look good there with the Raiders win. Being yeah, he ugly, cleaned up against the Cowboys. Rams when he like he he finished that game he, like well enough after Hurts yes. got after Wentz got hurt, and then then they played the Giants and he was okay, and then and they won that game. Then they played the Raiders, he was horrible, horrible in that game, horrible. and they got the late. You're just missing throws. They're like like guys wide open missing. And then them. they had the, they got the late. I think it was Ronald Darby had an interception late in that game, and Jake Elliott hit like. Uh, I thought was probably as like a better kick than the 61 yarder earlier in the year in the super cold. It was a a long field goal, like 50 something, I think maybe high forties. Like it was super cold and windy that game. And then that last game, (laughs) they, they played them for what, like a quarter or two quarter and a half, maybe they, I think they played them because the yes, they wanted to, they wanted to jumpstart them a little bit. And all it did was just, Make yeah. even pe- people even more fearful of what was going to happen in the playoffs. Yeah, we were talking bad. about like should Sudfeld maybe be in over Foles? That was <laughs> That's a real right. conversation. That was That's happening. right. Yeah, I probably wrote an article about something like that. Yeah, um, Romo Kaepernick sure. or like posing a question that like should the Eagles do that? Like that's like so things get I'm not I'm not saying again because that happened. This means the Eagles are definitely going to be okay. I'm just saying it's not as like it's not it's not everything to um, be playing your best football. And, you know, being the hot team, because just a couple of weeks ago to the Lions were like the mm-hmm. hot team, you know, like heading into the postseason. And now they might not even make it the playoffs. So um, you don't know. You never know. Um, so I'm, I'm not at a I'm not I can't be over like a five right now, maybe five at max. I just I think uh, I think, again, assuming they actually get the bye, and and that's the thing, even if they beat the Saints. If it's the question still is about Jalen Hurts, health, because even if they get this, even if they beat him. I mean, if he's not right, then okay, great. That the, what does it matter? And if you beat the Cowboys, like it, it doesn't matter. Like hurt is is hurts healthy or not? Like that's the that's the big question. We should probably look at playoff seeds real quick too. By the way, like if the Eagles win and they get the one seed, they're the one. The 49ers will probably be the two. Like you said, they have the card. The you know just a horrible banged up Cardinals team. Uh, their final game, they'll probably be the two. They're the two right now because the Vikings lost to the Packers uh, on in weeks. So they got blown out. By the way, they're. <laughs> their point differential is now minus 17. Uh, there's never been a 12 yep. and four team since 1970 with a minus point differential. Um, anyway, they're, they're probably going to be the- also one of those lines to me that was very telling. Like it was like, how are the Packers favored by three and a half? It's like, there's yeah. a reason for that. <laughs> exactly. Um, so they're, um, they're probably going to be a three. The buckles will be, the bucks will be the four Cowboys will be the five. The giants are already locked in as the six. And then the seven seed is interesting because right now the Seahawks would be the seven seed if the season ended today. But there's weird tiebreaker stuff going on where they don't control their destiny, so to speak. Um, yeah, the Packers do. So the Packers, are, the Packers are actually the nine Scary. seed right now. If they win, if they beat the, the Lions. They're in. Uh, and yep. uh, I, I, and then the Lions can get in if the Lions beat the Packers and the Seahawks lose. And, uh... And the Seahawks Correct. get in if the Seahawks win and the Packers lose. Um, so it's probably going to be the Packers because the Packers are probably going to beat the Lions. The Packers are like kind of on fire right now. Um, so they'll yep. be the seventh seed, probably playing 
the 49ers, that's like a great game all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, like the 49ers who are playing the best football in the NFC right now, very well might lose yeah. that game. And then you have, well, and it, a desirable matchup if you're the Eagles at that point, because like you would want one of those teams to be yeah, right. Right. And then you have the six, three game would be Vikings giants. Giants could very well, well win that game. The Vikings aren't good. Oh, easily. And the, easily. And the, the Giants. They must beat the Vikings in Minnesota. And the Giants were like really struggling for a bit there, like toward the, you know, middle to back, like the, you know, weeks, you know, roughly 12 to well, 16, somewhere them. in there. Yeah. Um, but they've turned it on and they're playing a lot better right now. They could be, they could beat the Vikings. And then, of course, four or five will yep. be uh, Cowboys, Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers kind of woke up a little bit this past week. So. And? The Cowboys have never beaten Tom Brady. And it's in Tampa. 0-6 against it's him. In, it's in Tampa. And the Cowboys haven't been great on the road this year. So, um, you know, all three of those games could be won by what we perceive will probably be the uh, the underdogs. Um, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, the Eagles, of course, will play whatever team has the lowest remaining seed uh, after the conclusion right. of the wild card round. So, um, you know, they're still in a very good position <laughs> to, to, you know, make a run in the playoffs. Uh, again, my concern levels heightened, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately they're, they're in a lot better position than pretty much any other team in the league. Uh, I, I shouldn't say that because there are teams that are playing well right now where they were while they are not, but, uh, yeah, certainly they're, they're in a position of power in that they, all they have to do is beat backups to get the one seed. And then if they don't get the one seed, there is a possibility they would be the two seed. Uh, that would be them losing and the Cowboys losing, but the 49ers winning at that point, the Eagles would be the number two seed. So then they would be hosting potentially the giants, right? Mm-hmm. At that point uh, in the wild card round is also the dreaded nightmare scenario where they fall to the five seed. I mean, like, imagine that would be not only disastrous because you lost the one seed, but also because of specifically who you would be playing in that matchup, where for the second season yeah, in a row, you have to go play in the wild card <laughs> round against the Bucks. Like, just not. And obviously, I'd feel better about the Eagles' chances sure. now than I did at this time last year. But still, it's just like. And imagine if you lost. Like, and that's how this season ends. That would be. That's just like. I just don't even know what that means at that point, too, for like, you know, future. Like, what is that? What is that? And we don't have to cross that bridge yeah. right now, but the, that the possibility that that exists is certainly, again, I'm not going to begrudge anyone who is worried and concerned and is going to, you know, kind of think about the nightmare scenario because the Eagles have kind of given you good reason or some reason at least to feel that way. Um, but yeah, but on the, on the other hand, like you said, <laughs> big swing because if you get that one seed, you're just two wins away from the Super Bowl. That's the thing. I think that's why the concern level for me is lower. At the end of the day, when you phrase it like that, two home wins right. away from the Super Bowl. Like you, it's like I don't care if the team isn't playing their A plus football right now. Like there's the bye week. There's time. They can get. I mean, Hurts being back is a big deal. Like that's a, again, assuming he's healthy, which we don't know 100. percent Like that's that's it's, it changes the calculus. It's you can say it's, it wasn't just Gardner Minshew who struggled against the Saints, but the like the impact that. The, the delta from Jalen Hurts to Gardner Minshew, especially the Minshew we saw on Sunday. It's, it's a drastic huge. difference. It's, it's yeah. Gigantic. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, um, I forget what somebody, somebody mentioned this. Uh, so I'm just, I'm stealing this thought. My, my apologies to whoever I'm stealing this from, but the difference between like Jimmy G, like they they were talking about the, uh, the game that was on last, like late afternoon, the, the Raiders and 49ers game, the difference between Jimmy G and Brock Purdy basically nothing and then the difference between Derek Carr and Jared Stidham 
Not much. The difference between Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew is enormous. And what, you know, the, the way that Jalen Hurts can stress defense is, is very unique. Um, in the, I mean, you look at the Eagles running game, it's non-existent because they don't have the threat of the quarterback uh, taking away an extra defender. Even if you hand it off to Miles Sanders, it, it takes one other defender out of the equation, uh, gives you better numbers up front. And then, of course, Jalen Hurts' ability to make plays on his own uh, with his legs. They just didn't have that with Gardner Minshew. Like, you look at that one third down play where they're trying to – Baldy actually showed this, yes. and he did a good job showing uh, that they, they were trying, they were running a read option, um, trying to put – uh, Cameron Jordan <laughs> in a bind. He didn't buy the fake to Sanders. Stayed with Minshew the entire way. And Minshew had no chance. Actually, it came closer, a little closer than I thought uh, to getting uh, the first down on that play, but was tackled short. We saw the the QB sneak that he basically like he was he was of no help pushing the pile at all and got stopped short. Um, so yeah, I mean, just from that aspect alone, Joan Hurts is a far, far, far better player. But he is also just a much better passer too. Like I wouldn't have thought. You know, before the season began, that the difference between Jalen Hurts and Gardner Mitchell as passers would be as drastic as it is, but it is. <laughs> Hurts has clearly a much better arm. He's more accurate. Uh, he, you know, makes better decisions with the football, which, you know, comes as a surprise to me as well. And, uh, man, I mean, like just this, the total overall game, just a chasm between the two players. Nice little, uh, vocabulary there you. jimmy all right let's take a break one more here, thing hold on before we'll we move into... while we're okay. on sort of the topic of the seating by the way um mm-hmm. the cowboys fans are of course you know circling the wagons right now like like they're they're like hamming it up laughing at the eagles and mm-hmm. you know certainly uh rightfully so the eagles would be doing the same thing if uh the cowboys had a uh eagles fans would be doing the same thing if you know the cowboys had a bad loss to you know a six and nine team i almost kind of feel like that outcome was bad for the Cowboys, the Eagles losing that game, because the Cowboys are going to play their starters now, and it all may be sort to. of an yeah. exercise in futility because they, you know, they very well may, uh, you know, the, the Eagles are almost certain, not almost certainly, but they're very likely to beat the Giants backups week 18. And the Cowboys are going to go out and they're going to play their starters and they risk getting somebody hurt like they did last week with Tyler Beatish, their, uh, their starting center. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with, you know, their week 18 game, but they're going to play, I would imagine, their starters on the, on you know, on just on the possibility of the Eagles losing that game and having a chance at either the one seed uh, or the two seed uh, in the NFC. And they'd be stupid not to play their starters because there is a chance that they can get it. But ultimately, like, even if they go out and they and they play their starters and they win, um, it may amount to absolutely nothing if the Eagles handle their business against the Giants. So, um, yeah, certainly, I mean, enjoy the Eagles' loss uh, by all means, Cowboys fans. But ultimately, I'm not, I'm not sure that it's – we'll find out a week from now whether it was all worth it or not. Yeah, I mean, because, again, even if the Eagles lose in Week 18 and Cowboys win – 49ers win, then the Cowboys don't they get a home game and, and, be, um, and, be, and, you know, better, you know, matchups potentially throughout the playoffs. But it's still, I mean, <laughs> like, it's it's still very unlikely that the Eagles lose week 18. And I don't want to hear anything from Cowboys fans. I think if you're, you know, again, Eagles fans and you want to lament how kind of it's lame that the Eagles could clinch by beating up on these backups, again, not going to blame you. But if you're a Cowboys fan complaining about, like, the Eagles getting a free win. I mean, what did you call what the <laughs> right. Titans just did against you? And like, I mean, that was a free win. They gave it to you. I said that like the money you should bet your life savings on the money line. I thought they the looked Titans shaky in that game, game too, by the way. That's the thing. They didn't even look amazing. But 
in ter- like I was never seriously worried about them losing it in terms mm-hmm. of like they were always yeah. win that game. Like the Titans are playing with Josh Dow. They're like and no and no none Henry, of their key players. Yeah, no, they sat no down Simmons. there. They play, they play. They've sat all so, their yeah. best players. Yeah. So like, come on. I don't want to hear like you know, oh, you know we got a free win. I mean, <laughs> so did you? Anyway, uh, let's take a break here and get more into the Saints game, but not before we hear quickly about Kristen Roach. Roach you can reach Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors at 856-906-9295 if you are looking to buy or sell your home. Again, 856-906-9295. Brandon? Back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on BGN Radio, and I'll start, Jimmy, with a question. How does it feel to be personally responsible for the Eagles' loss because you were so overconfident in them? When I talked to you in the press box before the game, we were having a talk, and I was like, I don't know, Jimmy. I don't get like a good, great feeling. Part of it, honestly, was that I got into the Eagles' stadium on Sunday much easier than maybe any other mm-hmm. game this season. Like There was no mm-hmm. one there. And maybe that's some uh, you know, New Year's stuff going on in terms of uh people out the night before maybe people doing other things you know the mummers parade whatever i don't know uh but i just thought the juice wasn't fully there and to something we were just talking about john hurts being out it was a huge deal specifically for this matchup because i think you think back to how the eagles i said this like think back to how they beat the saints in each of the last two years including hurts first start in 2020 and then last year i mean hurts mobility in those games was yeah. huge to not have that, it's like a big factor. I I probably am higher than on Dennis Allen, Dennis Allen than most. I don't know. I don't think he's clearly not looking like a great head coach. As a defensive mind, though, like he's kind of like Jim Schwartz. He might be kind of like Jim Schwartz in that regard. Like not a good head coach. But when you look at his defenses, they're really freaking good. Um, so that was something that concerned me. And uh, Gardner Minshew is certainly no Tom Brady. But you look at how you know Dennis Allen has put up some pretty good game plans against Tom Brady then yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me that um, Minshew could not be super successful against him. I guess the big thing that I see that I don't fully agree with, and I want to get your take on it, is that like Minshew was bad, yes, and you kind of said this earlier, but the game plan was horrible. Yeah. Well, so when I when I was um, speaking with you in the press box uh, before the start of the game, the one matchup that I thought was heavily in the Eagles favor Mm -hmm. and it wound up being right was their defensive line against the the saints offensive line. They were missing both of their Mm -hmm. starting guards. Uh, They were playing Calvin Throckmorton at right guard and they were playing Josh Andrews, uh, a practice squad call up at left guard. And then during the game, they lost Ryan Ramchek and they were playing, I don't know who it was, but 67, that dude can't play in the NFL. And he was just destroying those guys. And they got they got six I'm sorry seven sacks in the game. Somehow they lose by ten points despite having seven sacks. That like that doesn't happen. So um, yeah, and I thought like the the game plan on both sides of the ball to start the game was anyway was bad. I thought the defense ultimately or you know eventually uh, adjusted and basically shut the Saints down in the second half. 
but coming out like they're they're playing a lot of zone defense and this Andy Dalton was carving them up there. Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill started off that game 15 for 15. Why does it have to be the adjustment that fix? Can't you just have the game plan? Can you just have a good game plan to start the game and just shut the, shut the opposing offense down for the entirety of the game? There's no secret what the Saints wanted to do. They want to run the ball a lot and they're going to, you know, they're going to take underneath throws. They're not going to be very aggressive down the field. And they didn't seem to recognize that. And they killed them in the short to intermediate areas of the field uh, on those first couple of drives. Um, offensively, you know, I, I mean, I mentioned earlier, the Eagles rushing attack just isn't, isn't the same without Jalen Hurts. But I thought this was still a game they could have grinded out maybe a little bit more on the ground. Then I don't think they should have come out and been as pass heavy uh, as they were throughout the entirety of the game. Miles Sanders, I thought, looked good. And maybe him being on the injury report uh, with the knee, you know, he had a knee injury, didn't practice on Wednesday, and then he was limited, I think, on, or was he full? I think he was full on, on Friday, but. He was, he was, he missed, he was listed as did not practice, then he was limited, and okay. then he was full. And then he wore his brace for this So game. maybe that, maybe that had something to do with them not running the ball as much as they may have otherwise. Um, but I thought he looked fine. Like, and he averaged more than five yards per carry when he, when they did give him the ball. Um but yeah, I, I didn't like the game plan. I, I thought that uh, um, they were—they basically were asking their offensive line to pass protect as if Lane Johnson weren't hurt, and they're calling you know plays down the field as if Jalen Hurts were still their quarterback. They were calling you know zone reads and you know read options or whatever um, and RPOs, and that's not the strength of Gardner Minshew in my opinion, where it is for Jalen Hurts. Um, so yeah, I didn't think they did a good enough job of of playing. Or not necessarily playing to the strengths of the of the players they had, but rather um, sort of avoiding the weaknesses um, of you know the the fill-ins for Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson. Um, that's just sort of how I saw that. And obviously, the Eagles' offense in that first half, and good lord, the first four drives they were three and out, um, yeah. and just looked terrible. I mean, they their time of possession. <laughs> in that first half was pretty disgusting. And it reminded me a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the Washington game mm-hmm. week 10, I think when uh, the commanders just controlled the clock, um, you know, converted short third downs and kept the Eagles offense off the field. Yeah. Okay. So starting with the offense, um, I feel like I'm not ready to kill Shane Steichen and Sirianni as much as others. I'm not going to say this is a good game plan. I'm not going to say that, but like the tough thing for me is like, Run the ball more. First of all, like that's what literally everyone says after almost any loss. So, okay, it's like a default yeah. thing. I do agree that it made sense in terms of the Saints defense, by all indications, was worse against the run than the pass. So, theoretically, I agree. I do think it's tough at the same time to be like, we should not get the ball to A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, or Dallas Goddard on this play. Because that's what you're saying when you're mm-hmm. running the ball. Now, obviously, you're not going to do it every single play. But I'm saying like it's, it's like not as simple to just not – you get the ball to some of your very best players and guys who you'd probably rather have the ball in their hands more generally, or at least, you know, a good split with Sanders. So I have a tough time, um, like totally killing them for that. I do think it could have been better. Um, I do think to me, I think Minshew was really bad in this game, independent of coaching. I think he, I think there are throws that are being made sometimes Mm -hmm. and he, so many inaccurate passes skittish in the pocket too. So, Yes, very horrendous, poor pocket management where like either drifting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at, like not stepping up and giving defenders chances to, and holding on to the ball for forever. 
I don't know. Like, I, I think it's it's funny to me sometimes how the quarterback's awful, and it's like, well, yeah, well, the coaches didn't make him play better. I'm like, well, like, sometimes the quarterback yeah. can't – like, the quarterback's not giving the coaches much to work with there. Um, I remember people – I think people have – and I think maybe I'm just biased and like, I don't get on the coaches as much in general, and maybe it's a flaw of mine, and I, I will acknowledge that there, here, because I just remember once upon a time, everyone was crushing Doug for Carson Wentz looking terrible and not giving Carson yep. Wentz blame. And I think we've seen it borne out that probably Carson Wentz was more to blame from that situation. Um, there were people who were convinced like that Doug broke Carson. No, that was not <laughs> the case. Um, so, uh, you know, I think Sirianni and Steichen certainly deserve a lot of this is their worst game of the year. Certainly, I think probably up there with the Colts game, which I thought right. was horrendous from them and so uncharacteristic of what they've been this season. But I'm not like I guess I, I'm looking at it from a standpoint again. This does not really shake my confidence in them. I don't think they're going to be this terrible moving forward, especially with Hertz's back. I'm not really like that's not like a top of mind issue for me. Um, that's that's not one of my takeaways. My one of my biggest takeaways is that I think that Minshew clearly is not as good as we thought. And look, going back to training camp, that was a big concern. Yeah. Remember Minshew stunk. We said that before, and and I thought he played reasonably well against yep. the Cowboys, but. You know, I, I think you're seeing why he's a backup and he's not going to be competing for a starting job because he's just not good enough. You made the point that um, you know, the Eagles are lucky to still be in the driver's seat <laughs> because, and I guess this isn't a, about the game yeah. anymore. I guess this isn't about the game. This is probably back, you know, what we're, this is probably more like seating talk. <laughs> but if not for, uh, you know, Doug beating, you mentioned yeah. Doug, that's what made me think of this. But if not for Doug beating uh, the Cowboys week 16, uh, with you know the Jaguars team or Week 15, whatever it was, um, the Eagles would not be 15. the Eagles would not be the one seed right now. The Cowboys would be in the driver's seat in the uh, in the NFC yeah. East. Uh, and actually, they, and that they was would... not a testament to the Cowboys, by the way. Some people mistook that tweet to me like being like, "Oh, the Cowboys are great," and people were saying like, "Well, if that was the situation, really? why would that be somebody's takeaway?" I get. <laughs> I don't know, but somehow it got like this was like me hating on. It wasn't about me hating on the Eagles. It was about me giving credit to Doug. Like let's all be grateful for yeah. Doug is the point. Anyway, um, but yeah, I'm no, sorry you mentioned Doug. So that made me think of that. Um, but yeah, this this was their worst offensive performance by a mile uh, on the season. And you know, obviously, it does come with the caveat that they've had their they're missing their two best players on the team in Jalen Hurts and yeah. and I think uh, Lane Johnson sh- sort of shows his value whenever he's out. Like the Eagles, so since 2016, their record without him is yeah. nine and 22. And granted, like some of the mm-hmm. seasons where he was out was some of their, you know, bats. Like I think there were two and seven yeah, without 2020. him in 2020. In you look at the 2016 season though, um, I think there were two and eight without him. But they started out that year three and one, and then yes, he got suspended. It's suspension, and then the season <laughs> went to shit thereafter. Excuse my language, but I mean, it really went downhill. Thereafter, so I mean, it can't be, it can't be stated enough how good of a player he is. Uh, you know, I've mentioned that I think he's the best offensive tackle in the league. Forget like right tackle, just overall tackle, and probably as a as an extension of that, he's probably the best offensive lineman in the NFL. And uh, it shows when he's not in the game, man. Like, I don't think the offensive line was necessarily, you know, responsible for the bulk of the six sacks that Gardner Minshew took. Um, but Agreed. they certainly didn't look the same. Like there was more pressure also on agree. Minshew than we normally see. And man, those and the, the penalties. snap penalties, like they're, they had another game where there were, there were a big issue too, but 
Uh, everyone except for well, and the post snap penalty from Kelsey with the illegal man yeah. downfield. Like, what are we doing, man? Yep. Yeah. And he was like a good six, seven yards down the field blocking a guy too. Uh, so that wasn't even close. Uh, but yeah, everyone on the line except for Malata had uh, had a false start uh, in that game. And I think like, was it three of them were on the same drive that, that killed a pretty yeah. crucial drive in the, in the second half. Um, so yeah, I mean, you don't want to be seeing that for such a good veteran offensive line for that to be happening in week 17. It's kind of unacceptable. Yeah. And yeah. And knowing they need to step up a little bit with laying out, you know, yeah. these are like your veteran guys who've been here. They're not like young rookies who, you know, what like they should know better. Uh, Kelsey should know better. He's a great player. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. That was Took accountability in the locker room after the game, by the way, like he was, he, he oh, was really sure. down and, on yeah. himself after that game. Like he was killing, of he was killing he himself be. after that, yeah. after that game. Um, And then from a standpoint too, of <clears throat> um, like if you have your backup quarterback and this offensive line play the entire game, it wasn't even like there were injury issues. Guys were in yeah. and out things were kind of like discombobulated. Everyone played, started, played, you scored 10 mm-hmm. points. That's pathetic. So again, not to not to try to let the coaches off easy. They're certainly part of that failure. I mean, I'm not giving them, I mean, I'm giving them like a D minus or whatever. I'm not giving them a high grade. I'm just saying like, I don't want, I just can't be like, well, Minshew was set up to fail. Like, okay, but he was also really bad. Um, everyone deserves blame is my point. I guess that's the, the big point. And yes, again, to, to put up 10 points. And I, I think it's not like they should have put up 40 against the Saints defense, but you, 10 is just that's yeah. pathetic um they really did have bad. points taken Especially off the board because of that that's true atrocious holding call atrocious on call. landon dickerson i thought so <laughs> when that happened i thought that they just got the wrong number because jordan mylotta kind of did hold a little bit on that play um if that well, i mean had they called it on mylotta it would have been super ticky tack like that would have been a bad call too in my opinion but at least it would have yeah. been like it would have been at least explainable <laughs> And this is like uh-huh. on Dickerson, Dickerson just owned that guy on that play. It's a pancake. Yeah. Like he wrecked that player. Yeah. He did his job too well, essentially. And uh, <laughs> I think the yeah. I think the officials are like, wait a second, the Eagles did something good. That's not uh-huh. right. Uh, yeah. They were right. used to just you know the Eagles playing like crap the entire day, and there's all oh, something something went right. So he must have did something wrong there. <laughs> and uh, uh, I go ahead. Even though that doesn't necessarily change the game, I, I I don't think you can totally discount like the impact in terms of like if you believe in momentum. Yeah, or, I think like, it does change the confidence game. I mean, they, they only scored a field goal on that drive, right? And a fifty-six yard field goal. Yeah, <laughs> not even a give me a field goal. Um, yeah, I think that does. It did feel like okay, maybe we're turning it around. We have some yep. hope here. And then even just from a standpoint of if the game plays out the same after that, um, after the pick six, Minshew. They're only down what? They're only down six mm-hmm. at that point instead of ten. So like, yeah, that's a big deal. Those four points not being there a big deal. Um, because it kind of just felt like the game was over after the Lattimore pick, even though it technically wasn't. Like it just felt like it was over, and it might not have felt that way if you're again only down six points. You need one touchdown to go ahead. Um, on that pick, by the way, because uh, there's been talk about that. Um, you know, it seemed like Minshew clearly was not on the same page with AJ Brown. I think. Uh. Minshew deserves a lot of fault for throwing it there and not seeing Marshawn Lattimore yeah. sitting on the route at the same time uh, as uh, the guys on the post game show said. Johnny and uh, Shane did a really good job of that. Like, doesn't really give AJ an excuse to not really. This is a weird AJ Brown game because you know he has a big right. touchdown catch that was great and everything, but it seemed like he wasn't like totally. It seemed like he's a little moody out there. He like, ripped his helmet off after, after one drive. I don't know. If they, yeah. I think they showed that on the telecast, um, which I didn't see, but I did see it on the field. I was like, ooh, 
he did not look happy after that drive. Yeah. That, <laughs> but this, like, this, that go ahead. That moodiness, that vibe, kind of like what I said with Slay last week, where you know he's throwing a teammate under yep. the bus. I thought AJ's answer too on that play could have been a little better. Kind of been like, "That's on me." Even if yep. it's not, just be like, "Hey, I should have been running my route, or at least like control what you can control." I should have ran my route better. Yes, Gardner, he doesn't need to say this part, but like he can think. Yes, Gardner made the wrong mm-hmm. decision, but I didn't even do my part at least, and should have still ran the route. Even if I think he's not going to throw it to me. Like you have to do that, man. Like you, you're down. <laughs> you're down in this game. Like you need. You, why are you loafing on a play? Like you're not up. You don't have a big lead. He was so. standing and watching on that play very clearly. Um, yeah. And yeah, I I think that, um, you know, from from our, our perspective, meaning you and me, Brandon, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we like when players are honest and they speak their minds and they tell us what actually happened on plays and whatever. Um, so like we're, I'm kind of talking out both sides of my mouth here. We're like, I like when players are. Honest, I don't think so, though. But at the same time, you can't be throwing you can't be throwing your quarterback under the bus in that situation. Right. I think you can be honest without throwing someone under yeah. the bus, being like, you know, this is what happened. There's miscommunication, but I should have done my part better. I needed to run the route there. I didn't. Yeah. I messed up. It's, like that's and, and let Minshew take a, let Minshew take accountability on his own for exactly for, which he did yes. by the way, like in his press conference. Like let right. him take accountability for his bad decision and his bad read or whatever it was. Um, and that he certainly did that in, in his press conference after the game. So um, AJ Brown is up over 1400 yards receiving yards on the season. He's like their best receiver <laughs> right. since Terrell Owens of course. In, 20, in 2004. So, um, you know, I'm going to temper my uh, criticism of him, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's bad vibes to be, um, it, yes. to, to be criticizing it, your backup quarterback at that <laughs> after after right. your lot your worst loss of the season and uh, i think he's got to know better yeah. you know next time he's in that kind of situation yeah to be clear it's not just about aj here i'm not just trying to get on him it's like him saying that and slay last yeah. week it's i don't love this this vibe this vibe of like lack of accountability and selfishness it's not going to lead to winning we need you need more cohesiveness mm-hmm. and that was something that was so special about the 2017 team so i just think that's a bit that is something that concerns me that's a bit of a red flag it's not a deal breaker but right now that's something i'm going to continue to monitor and and wonder um as if things do continue to crumble and those will things those might be some of the cracks in the armor that we will certainly be more pointing to if they do totally collapse and screw this thing up um it's probably time to flip to the defense okay you already talked about the defense, Jimmy. I mean, because it's a weird conversation. The defensive line Just was like awesome. I said last I mean, week, as 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 noted already, they were awesome. Seven sacks. You got to win a game. Br- get seven sacks. You got to win the game. Um, thought the linebacker Graham over the guys were wide open in the middle of the field, and part of that is I think the zone defenses that they kept calling early in the game. Uh, but also, like I think Kaiser White has, I think he's he's already cleared a bar that <laughs> Eagles free agent linebackers. Um, have not been able to clear, which is merely stay with the team throughout the entirety of the season. Yeah. So he's achieved yeah. that. Um, and I thought he was, you yes. know, a good player for the better part of this season. Uh, you know, hasn't really made splash plays, but I think he's generally where he needs to be. I think his coverage has been fine. You know, again, n- nothing in the way of like um, memorable forced fumbles or interceptions or anything like that. He's just been a solid player. But I think the last couple of weeks, he, I mean, he was bad, frankly, flat out bad against the Cowboys uh, a couple weeks ago. Yep. And then I think he didn't play all that well. And I'd have to go back and, and sort of get a better idea of, you know, why guys are running so wide open in the middle of the field. Uh, but I think I kind of, I, I anecdotally, I, I recall him being in the area um, on a lot of those completed passes over the middle of the field. 
And, uh, you know, I wonder how responsible he was for, for a number of those. I thought TJ was just, you know, okay in this game too. Um, Mm. uh, and he, he made, he made a lot of plays in the run game. Um, but I wonder, you know, sort of what that, that tandem of linebackers was responsible for, uh, in, you know, in coverage. And then like, uh, on the back end, um, we've seen this team force a ton of turnovers throughout the season. They've kind of evaporated over the back half of the season. And, uh, a lot of that probably has to do with CJ Gardner Johnson being out of the lineup. Um, and it's certainly not a result of a lack of pressure. Like the Eagles are pressuring the living crap out of quarterbacks right. week in and week out. So you'd think that there should be more opportunities for, for plays to be made on the back end, but we just haven't seen that. And there was each of the last two weeks. I mean, in Chicago and Dallas, you know, loose fumble, strip sack, mm-hmm. Eagles just don't get yeah. it bad. So, you know, a little bit of some bad luck there. Um, even if you don't get both, maybe at least one of those two. Um, so certainly something to consider. Um, from, on Kaiser White, real quick, 118.8 pass rating when targeted in this Saints game. He missed a tackle. Also had a missed tackle last week. He was the Eagles' worst graded defender by PFF oh, okay? against the Cowboys. He was second worst this week, which kind of matches with the eye test, like we're all saying here. So, yeah, Who certainly I think it's uh, last no, week. week. I don't know. I, I Oh, this week. Sorry. Yeah, uh, oh. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> have – oh, I think it was Patrick Johnson. Really? I don't okay. know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he played like yeah. a small sample size, so it, it gets yeah, – whatever. Yeah. It's not everything, but um, the point I, – I think you know, it's lining up. It's not just like, hmm, Kaiser White seemed bad. It's like, oh, yeah, and also this pass rating when targeted is bad. So uh, I think it could be time to maybe not – like you're not fully sitting down white, white and putting N'Kobe Dean in, being like, all right, one for one, let's right. go. But, you know, maybe increase N'Kobe Dean's role, and it actually has in theory – increased a little bit over the past couple of weeks. He's actually played a couple of defensive snaps, uh, nothing too major, but from a Gannon standpoint, I don't know, man, I, I'm at the same place I was last week. It's such a interesting nuanced conversation because you look at the results and they look good on the, on the bigger scheme of things and the rankings and everything, but the feel is not the same. Knowing and feeling are two different things and the feeling with Gannon, it's just different. And, I know the defense was great in the second half, objectively. Uh, again, Johnny and Shane did a good job of highlighting that in the postgame show. But I, I just I think it's it's too simple of an analysis to say, well, the defense allowed 13 points in this game, so they were great, or they were fine. No, that's not really the case. The Eagles didn't get their second possession until like 13-something and change on the clock in the second quarter. And yes, they had a three and out in there, but the, the offense shouldn't like... All right, all right, you had a one three and out, so now you can't possess the ball until early in the second quarter. Like the defense clearly did not do a good enough job of getting stops. And you know, look, Gannon's strategy has some merit in terms of disallowing big plays. But at the same time, like you said, you allowed freaking Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill to go fifteen <laughs> yes. or fifteen. At some point, you have to force the yeah. action. You can't just sit back. You know the there's a big common phrase that people like to say. And apparently Jonathan Gannon doesn't agree with it. It's hope is not a strategy. Because it seems like hope is a big yeah. part of Jonathan Gannon's strategy. I hope the other team makes a mistake. You can't just hope. Sometimes you have to go out and force right. the issue and force them to make a mistake. So, and I know they got you know a lot of pressure. And I'm so happy for Brandon Graham. And I'm annoyed that he was lost because it kind of loses some of yeah. the luster in terms of like the national attention. Same thing with Devante, by the, Devante, by the way. I think he's been like a monster four, recently. Uh, four four games over 100 yards in his last five. Yeah, and because the Eagles have lost two of these, 
And, you know, he had the one catch in very dumb, uh, you know, end of the first half, a little stat padding. But he, like, deserves that. Like, you know, he's not a stat padder. Like, he, he, he works hard for a lot of his production. He anyway, might have been over 100 um, anyway. So happy for Brandon play. Graham. Okay, yeah. So, uh, Brandon Graham, by the way, speaking of more, like, more why you should listen to the training camp pods and why there is meaning <laughs> in training camp. Brandon Graham looked awesome yeah. in training camp. We were saying that every single yeah. day. Like, he might actually have a career season. Uh, just like I said with Minshew looking bad in camp. Those things are not always. Yeah. Meaningless. So listen anyway, to us, jerks. Um, <laughs> yeah, listen to us, jerks is the takeaway. I just, I don't know. I think it's, there's there's a lot, I think, that goes into it in terms of two, like, things you can't necessarily measure by points in terms of, it's just, like, the wrong way to start a game. The tone is totally wrong. You you let this uh, opposition come into your house, march down the field, do whatever they want to do, and put up seven points. And now the crowd's kind of taken out of it a little mm-hmm. bit. They're booing already because they're they're frustrated. It's like, what is this? This is garbage. So you can't just say like, oh, they had that one bad drive and they got better from there. I don't think it's as simple as that. Yeah, you, you look at the fifteen of fifteen. Um, let's let's just guess that ten of those were against zone coverage. Okay, let's just guess. Okay, you add in that the Cowboys. <laughs> We're 24 of 24 against zone coverage yeah. uh, the week before. And you're looking at like 34, 35 consecutive passes completed against your zone coverage defense. Right. Like it's insanity. It's crazy. How does that happen? <sighs> and his degree of difficulty as a defensive coordinator is so low because he has these th- mm. these defensive linemen that just win their matchups like con- like consistently right. and like dominantly. Um, it, should, it should make everything else uh, on the, you know, on the in the in the back seven to make all that be super easy and somehow these quarterbacks despite all the pressure that they're facing from this defensive line they're still completing passes at an extremely like high completion percentage like i think it, they ended up what like 24 of 20 or 20 of 24 i think the two of them combined uh yep. on the day which is 83 yep. percent um, they would have been part of the 80% club uh, that the Eagles gave up last year. Carr, Prescott, um, uh, Brady, Mahomes, et cetera. Um, Herbert. Herbert. Um, yeah, it would have been, it would have been Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill added to that group <laughs> if, uh, if this happened last year. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we've seen two weeks in a row where they've just allowed too many easy completions uh, last week, obviously to Dak. Dak played great. Let's not take that away from him, but a lot of those completions were to receivers that were wide open. And there were too many wide open receivers in this game, uh, especially for a team that had Chris Olave, who is a good rookie receiver. And that's it. Like they didn't have, they didn't really have anything else. Uh, Rashid Shahid actually is a nice player. It's like, that's a guy that they can maybe count on going forward, but and he had the one, you know, deep ball down the field. That was a big play. Um, but, yeah, I mean, th- you shouldn't have this group of receivers just running wide open the way that they were in the first half of this game. And the Eagles caught a big break with Dennis Allen not opting to go for it on fourth and goal from the mm-hmm. two or the one or whatever it was because it's an insane decision to not go for <laughs> right. it. Because if you don't get it, well, you're, you're afraid of this Eagles <laughs> offense going 99 yards. Right. Like, that's what they got a gift from. Like, that's four points, you know, that they, they could have had that – we're not because the coaching was yeah. terrible. That it's not like a testament to Gannon and a great red zone stop because they, you know, the other team decided to be totally dumb in that situation. Um, and then again, like if you're talking about it from the standpoint of how it's important, if you're criticizing the Eagles coaching staff offensively for not like getting Gardner Minshew in a rhythm or whatever, well, it's just like the opposite. Like Gannon is just allowing Andy Dalton to get into a rhythm and just kind of do whatever he wants and get and settle in and get comfortable. And again, 
the, the, the kind of momentum or whatever confidence level of it. It's like the Saints come in, they have that drive. It's like, oh, we can win this game. As opposed to, you know, maybe you go out, you know, you make something happen at some point. I'm not saying you have to be aggressive all the time. There's obviously a balance to it. And it's easy for me to say, but maybe just maybe not allowing the team to walk down as a, like a, as a general rule, as you kind of do as your, uh, what's it? Modus operandi. Yeah. Like maybe that's flawed. And maybe if you come out, and you actually, you know, force Dalton into an interception or whatever. Maybe that kind of snowballs on him. Like, I, I just don't think you can, like, rule out that cumulative effect. He throws a pick and he's like, oh, man. And the Saints are like, oh, man, you know, like, this, is our, this is a bad season. I just think you can't, you can't just dismiss all that. Like, there, there's certainly, I think there's a, something to confidence and momentum. It's not everything, but it's not irrelevant. So I just, again, my, my big point being here, you can't just look at, like, 13 points, defense did their job. You can't criticize them. That's just not, I just don't agree with that at all. I think the defense did great in the second half, but the first half counts sure. too. Like that's, that's like a big part of it. You can't just like dismiss that. And changes it's the flow of the game too. When, 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 uh, when they're that. Changes the flow of the like, game. It's a 15 play, uh, 75 yard, nine minute drive to start the game. Like that is yeah. a big deal on the rest of the game going forward. It limits your possessions that you yes. can work with. And from a standpoint of one one of my biggest pet peeves in general as a thing is like how we don't factor in opportunity costs into certain decisions. There's opportunity costs when you're allowing the defense, the opposing offense to be on the field for that long. You're you're depriving your offense of a chances to score. So yeah, you can't just say it's thirteen. It's a, okay, you gave up seven points on that drive, sure, but you also took a lot of time off where the Eagles could have gotten points of their own. So it's like, yes, it's, 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 so it's maybe more than a seven point, maybe it's a, a 14 point drive in reality because you just robbed the Eagles of another possession where they could have scored points. So I just, you can't just, the points are misleading. Again, that's my bottom line takeaway. I think this is a, a, a worse game. I'm not saying Gannon should be fired because of this game. I'm not on that train, but it is frustrating. And again, I just think this defensive, I don't, in the words of Jim Schwartz, Jimmy, I'm, Jonathan Gannon does not get a gold star for this performance by no means. Um, AJ Brown responded to some criticisms to... here. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, Do you agree with me, by the way, since you were distracted, that Jonathan Gannon does Jonathan Gannon deserve a gold star? Absolutely or not? not. No, does not deserve a gold star. Okay, thank no, you. I agree not. for this game specifically. I don't know what's going what on on, this, on his response here, <laughs> but Elliot tweeted uh, a video breakdown by video. Uh, yeah. Emmanuel Acho, I think it is. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. AJ Brown responded about his route. Um, he's like saying he's not at fault, basically. <laughs> Just don't said, respond. I the don't here. respond, AJ. He said, We said this in the offseason. <laughs> yes. By the way, with AJ. He said, I have a now route. When I get a certain look like I did, which makes my route becomes dead, and he works the other side. My route became a parentheses love of the game log, love of the game route. route. Oh, uh, which means oh yeah, sorry. Which means for the love of the game, which also means I'm not getting the ball. I play the game with everything in me, so all of that loaf s word is BS. I'm not even tripping on mistakes because we all make them. But questioning my effort when I give my entire life to the game is a no for me. <laughs> I mean, don't respond, AJ. I mean, he didn't. He didn't move. He didn't like. He didn't run around at all. Like, come on, come on, man. <laughs> it is what it is. I, I don't. Do I think AJ Brown loafs most of the time? No, I don't. 
Do I think he did on that play? Yes, he did. He clearly did. It's un like it's undeniable. Anyway, anyway, um, uh, why don't we? Oh, before we get to, because I want to talk about the commanders too and and how they're eliminated. But um, one one last thing on special teams too. By the way, like they're forgotten in this game. But uh, Brett Kern hit a shankopotamus. <laughs> he had like a twenty four. Yeah, I would not. I would not. The balance or something like that. Go ahead. Put a user roster spot on him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when. I think uh, Aaron Sipas's return is now relevant because I think he's better than Kern. Um, and then they had the penalty that um, on a Boston Scott kick return where I think he was, it was shy of the goal line where he returned it. It didn't go into the end zone, so he didn't bring it out of the end zone. But there was a hold, I think, and uh, they're starting inside their ten. And when your offense is already um, you know, kind of got one hand tied behind their back. You can't have that happen. So um, not a great Jake Elliott hit a 56 yard field goal. We can certainly count on him to be a good kicker, but uh, beyond that, right. like they, they, the special teams struggles kind of, they went away for a little bit, but they kind of came back in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it's never like, I think they turned the corner and we're a good yeah. unit. It's just like, Oh, they weren't terrible for a bit. Uh, all right. You wanted to get into Wentz. Uh I want to, I did want to touch on though, like, do you think the Giants are going to play their starters? No, <laughs> no. Okay. So no. I mean, the Vegas line tells it all. Jalen Hurts is going to be, you know, right. And you think Jalen Hurts is going to be? Back, I do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In fact, uh, I think Ian I mean, Rappaport it, said that he was going to be back this week, essentially. Schefter as well on Sunday morning. I think people missed that, but Schefter maybe it was <laughs> maybe they're missing it because it was New Year's morning. But um, uh, Schefter had tweeted that Hurts is going to be available or reportedly expected to be available in week 18. I mean, again, that lines up with what sure. was always said too. I don't know why some people seem to like lost the thread on this. They're like, well, Hurts should have played against the saints or, or like, I don't want it. Or like why it, you know, like why it seemed like unclear leading up to the game each week. It was always said from the jump, literally that it was going to be two weeks. So I don't understand how this is like surprising right. after the fact. Um, but yes, I agree on those things as well. Okay. And if so he was ready to play, he would have played. Like let's not get let's not get that twisted. They wanted to win this game. It's not yeah. like they were like, oh, well, we don't really need this game that badly. Right. Like they wanted to win this game. And he didn't fully participate in practice. You can't just play him. Like you can't like have him active yeah. too for the game, let's say. And like you're struggling, so put him in. No, like if he can't fully participate in practice, then he's not ready for the game. Anyway. Let's get to we'll get to the Eagles Giants, you know, more into that obviously later this week. But Jimmy wanted to talk about his favorite subject. <laughs> <laughs> Rent free in his head, Carson Wentz. Yeah, well, they're eliminated. Uh, I think they're worth uh, just noting because obviously they're one of the Eagles' rivals in the NFC East, um, and they were a potential playoff opponent uh, until this week when they lost, and they lost in sort of hilarious fashion because, like, um, uh, I'm sure you've all seen this video clip by now, but uh, Ron Rivera is being. This is while the four o'clock games are going on, so they played at one. Ron Rivera's doing his post-game press conference probably around like 5 o'clock, something like that. He gets asked about, you know, like who, they're going to reevaluate now who, who's going to play a quarterback in week 18. So somebody asked, well, um, you know, it may not just be between Wentz and Heineke. Who's the third stringer again, the guy they drafted? Sam, Sam Howell. Howell. So they said, good, is Sam Howell part of that conversation if you're eliminated? And... <laughs> Ron Rivera's face <laughs> when he got asked that question, he was like, "Wait, what? Huh? We could be eliminated?" <laughs> the reporter was like, "Yeah, if the Packers win, you're eliminated." And, uh, and he had no idea. He had no. Ron Rivera 
had no idea that the commanders could have possibly been eliminated had they lost that. Probably were going to be eliminated if they lost that game, uh, which is hilarious to me. Uh, Wentz was terrible in that game, threw for 140-something yards on, I think it was like 28 pass attempts. So his yards per attempt were terrible. It was like just over five, and he threw three interceptions. They're chanting, chanting Heineke, uh, Heineke at, uh, <laughs> at FedEx Not Field. Not an easy name to chant, I feel What's like. that? Not an easy name to chant, <laughs> no. I feel like. Um, and it sounded awkward, too, if you actually listened to the chant. So there was a bunch of videos of it on Twitter. Um, but, yeah, they're chanting Heineke. Uh, and Wentz was terrible. For the second year in a row, he kind of essed the bed uh, in an elimination game. Actually, two games last year against the Raiders and then the Jaguars when he was still at the Colts played terribly in both of those games. They were like over 90% to make the playoffs last year, the Colts before those two games. Wentz was absolutely horrid in the Jaguars game, but he wasn't good in the Raiders game either. Wound up losing those two games. Somehow the, the commanders give up a couple third round picks. They pay his, you know, $28 million in full, uh, and you know he he winds up going two and four to start the season. Heineke comes in, he's five three and one, and then they're like, "Well, thanks, thanks Taylor, you you were better than Wentz, like unquestionably, but we're gonna go back to Wentz now." <laughs> and, and Wentz throws three interceptions in a game they lost at home to the Browns, twenty four to ten. Ooh, that franchise man is like. Uh, is there a worse franchise? And you, I mean, you you follow like basketball more closely than I do. Um, are, are is there a worse franchise in, in like the four major sports than than that team? People always bring up like the the Knicks and James Dolan as one that is kind of right there. The Knicks have been so just inept yeah. for a while. Um, they've been like better East re- recently, at least like able to make the playoffs or kind of in that range, but. You know, no like big term, no long term vision. Kind of similar to Washington. Like, there's no no sustained success by any means, and it is scary that to me that Dan Snyder might be selling the team because, I mean, God forbid, like Jeff Bezos buys that team and it's just like unlimited yeah. money. Like, well, that's, that's what Denver's scary. doing, right? That's Denver's going to hire whoever the hell they want, but like, had, you know, <gasps> right. for their coaching staff or whatever. It doesn't matter with the salary cap, of course, but um, when you yeah. do have those funds, it is helpful. Yeah, so uh, I, I still think that concerns me. The ownership change is, I think, a, but for now, in the, mean, in the meantime, you know, they're clearly just treading water, going nowhere at best. And I don't think Wentz plays again. I don't. I really do. I mean, I don't think Wentz is a starter again. We've had this conversation mm-hmm. before, but I don't think anyone's going to be willing to give him even, like, necessarily competing for a starting job next season. And I don't think he's going to sign up to be number two, unless it's a situation where... There's a clear, very tenuous lead on, you know, kind of like Tannehill when the the Titans traded for him. Like, they clearly didn't believe in Mariota anymore, but they weren't willing to cut bait with Mariota at the time. They gave him, like, one last run at the beginning of that season, and then they are like, all right, we really wanted Tannehill in here anyway, so we're going to put him in there. Maybe something like that, but, man, I mean... Well, he's going to get released. You're a sucker, and you're wasting your time. For sure, he's going to get released, because there's no... There's no penalty. Yeah. The podcast will be over in like, I don't know, 10 minutes, Charlie. Sorry, pal. <laughs> it's Charlie barking outside the door. I don't know what he wants, but he's, uh, he wants me for something. Probably, probably outside or something. I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, they're going to cut him because there's no penalty to do so. There, there's no cap hit if they cut him. So they're going to cut him. Nobody's going to trade for him, obviously, and take on his salary. Of no. I mean, that's just not going to happen. So they'll they'll cut him. And I do think he'll wind up somewhere. I, I think he'll sign somewhere. Where does he go then? Tell me where he goes. Call your shot. Make it interesting. I am. I, let me look at. Let me. Let and me look Jimmy at. Jimmy thinks of this. I want a menu of teams to look at here. Okay. Well, you think of that and look over that. I will tell you, Jimmy, that I did have the mac and cheese that you grace graciously gave me from the mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys. Um, so kind of felt dirty eating it because this is Cowboys <laughs> mac and cheese. Although it was very good, I did say before the pod that I think my take on it will surprise you. I don't know that's the best mac and cheese I've ever Really? Had. And that's not because it's not good. It's very good, to be clear. It is elite it's mac and cheese. It's reheated, too, agree. by the way. So, I mean, it's already – like the Eagles this past it's, week, They it, it sort of has its hand tied behind its back a bit. But it was not a put-down at all. There's nothing bad with it. And I actually – so I tried it plain at first. I mean, like, no alterations. I, I So you also gave me, like, some breadcrumbs to put uh-huh. on it. So I first I just had it, you know, I just wanted to try it straight up, just the mac and cheese, just you know the like the test sample or the control sample, whatever. Just no alterations at all. Great experience, but the you know the the breadcrumbs in it, you know, doesn't really do a ton for me, but good, mm-hmm. nice. And then I had shout out to mom and dad who faithfully listen, of course, as you know. Uh, they gave me some Trader Joe's truffle oil recently, and not a sponsor, but uh, not a bad product. And I put some of that in there. And that did definitely, definitely did even kick it up a little bit more. But all that said, and again, not a put down. This is like an A plus mac and cheese. I don't really have any complaints. I'm just saying I have had a mac and cheese that is at least as good as this and maybe better. And it's my favorite mac and cheese from Mike's Barbecue in Philly. Jimmy, you have to get yourself some of that. Yeah, I think it's amazing. It's very like creamy and like thick like this mac and cheese is. I think it's it's just top notch. And See, you said elite. you microwaved it though, too, right? I did to reheat it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're not even giving it its fair due by not taking the ex the extra little bit of time to put it in the oven for ten minutes. I don't think that's going to change a lot for me. Oh, Maybe sure, for some does. people. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not a big. I'm and again, not a big I'm not saying it was bad at all. I but I, nothing was bad about it. I'm just saying people should go out and get Mike's uh, mac and cheese if. Because, all right, let's say, Jimmy, most of the people listening to this podcast are not going to be able to try the Dallas Cowboys mac and cheese. Fair point, right? Fair enough to say. Of course. Sure. Then, okay, so let's, you know, then go to, if you want the next closest thing, I guess is the point of me saying this, then go to Mike's and get their mac and cheese because it is like, I think the next closest thing, if not better than it, it's, it's really good. All right. I got the team, I think. Okay. Denver. (laughs) It's going to be him and Russ out in Denver. Oh man, what a <laughs> what a quarterback room! Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm looking at these teams, and it's hard. It's really hard to find because it's not just yeah. it's not just about uh, availability. Uh, it's opening. not just about like yeah. you know like bad who has bad quarterbacks. It's also who's right. dumb. <laughs> so like who's dumb? Who like would want to bring yeah that kind of vibe? Like because you know if you're uh, the Texans. Well, they're going to draft Bryce Young draft. or whoever. Yeah, that's what I mean. Do you really want like Carson Wentz you don't, of course in the not. room with him? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, tough call. So we'll you know, I, I, I'm I'm less confident in in him landing somewhere, just going team by team and trying to find a fit 
Because there aren't really any. Yeah. <laughs> I think he has to wait out and see if there's like an injury. I think that's what he has to do. I think he's going to have to wait to see if there's an injury or maybe it's like a little bit later in camp and some team realizes that their starter sucks or whatever. And I think at that point, maybe he gets back on the fray. But I don't think he's like anyone's plan or priority. Like it's like they the Washington cuts him and then he lands with a new team right away. And again, I don't I don't know what his interest level is at. Honestly, I feel like the best thing for him is to just walk away. I think <laughs> yeah. there's not a lot to be gained at this point. I don't think it's quitting even. I don't think it's like dishonorable. I think it's the right I think it's the smart thing to do. He's had a lot of injury issues. Um he's been through a lot, like mentally, with the full like just just walk away, man. Like you've you've made a ton of money. He can go do his hunting stuff and whatever his enterprises off the mm-hmm. field, and I think he'd just be much happier. I think that's the a bigger path to happiness to him than he just turned thirty. By the way, did you know that? That's the other thing. He's not even like young. You know, he can't even be like that's, wow upside. He's thirty. Young. It's crazy. It's, it wasn't that long ago the Eagles drafted him. It feels like you know. Yeah, he was old. When yeah, they drafted him. Uh, anyway, um, I have one final Arts thought too. Was that was mac and cheese your yeah. final thought? Yeah, we'll make that my final thought. My final thought is my Aunt Helen passed away. Um, mm. Oh, I'm sorry. She was 101, so... Uh, oh, that's awesome. Oh, I mean, yeah, not awesome. That, especially. You know, it's awesome she, that she got to 101. And she would have been 102 in May, so she was more than halfway there uh, to 102. But, um, yeah, it was time. And I uh, just wanted to give my Aunt Helen shout-out, R.I.P. Aunt Helen. Love you very much. Rip. Aunt Helen. Lived a... Uh... Quite the quite the That's life, right, for sure. You could say. Um, all right, Jimmy, we will wrap this up. Uh, be back with you later this week. It would have been nice to not have to preview a Giants game that had <laughs> right. meaning for it, and is in- incredibly bizarre that this game means stuff to the Eagles and not the Giants. Like just such a weird NFL thing to happen. But uh, you know, could have got again, could have gotten a look at Janarius Robinson, Ian Book, mm-hmm. whatever. And maybe the Eagles still can. I mean, they could, in theory, they could uh, go out and beat the tar out of the Giants' backups in the first half, and then maybe pull the starters uh, if they start out like thirty-five to zero or whatever. Yeah. Now, uh, now I'm like writing, uh, to see that. you know, five matchups to watch, and I'm trying to think of something to say about Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did he did give the Eagles some trouble yeah. in uh, garbage yeah. time, but yeah. uh, all right, this has been BGN Radio three hundred one. Brought to you by Righteous Sound Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousSound.com. Just kind of put BGN15 for 15% off your order. A lot of people, Jimmy, are doing Righteous Sound Craft Jerky. And they're being they're being satisfied. They're being happy. Mm-hmm. They're happy customers is what I'm trying to say. Um, also, you want to check out um, if you... So let's say, oh, I don't eat meat. Again, they have the non-meat snacks available at the site. But they also have... Dog treats. That's right. Wild Ranger Pet is connected with Right to Sell on Craft Jerky. And you go to wildrangerpet.com. That's why Charlie's barking out there. He wants some Wild Ranger. He wants his Wild Ranger. Come on, Jimmy. And you can use discount code BGN15 for 15% off dog snacks. So I want to hear, like, oh, I'd like to support the podcast, but I can't eat meat. Well, your dog probably potentially eats meat um, and would like some snacks. So there you go. If you have a dog. He's growling out there now. Do you hear him? yourself. He's hungry. Um, if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to contact Kristen Roach of RoachRealtors.com, and you can call or text her at this phone number. Uh, 856-906-9295. Winningernation.com for my work, phillywish.com for Jimmy's work, at Brandon Gowton. 
on Twitter and Instagram at Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter and Instagram at Bleeding Green on Twitter for the BGN Twitter account at BGN underscore radio for the podcast Twitter account. We will be back with you in a couple days to preview a game where if the Eagles lose, then I think we have to come up with some things, Jimmy. For So this is your homework for the preview okay. pod is we have to come I'm up with things down. we will do if the Eagles lose that game. Because, I mean... Oh, I have to suffer because I mean, they lose be... because they lose the game. Well, yes, that seems unfair exactly. to me. What did I do? I'm not responsible for it. You signed up. For Actually, this you life. know what? The Eagles are zero and two since the Cowboys sent me that mac and cheese. Hmm. Maybe I got to throw the mac and cheese in the garbage. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> oh, oh, now you can throw now I can't throw it in the garbage. A minute ago, I was like, oh, this isn't the best mac and cheese that I ever had in my life. And now you're like, don't throw it out. <laughs> it was not a put down on the mac and cheese. I'm just saying that I had a mac and cheese that I think is similarly great. Maybe the framing could have used some work. It's not about a put down on the mac and cheese. It's just about I want people to be happy and in, partake in the food. And if you feel like you want in on that experience, then I would go to Mike's. Not a sponsor, but a great place. Uh, here's to what to. I'll do. If I if the Eagles lose next week, I'll, I'll just we'll do it right it now. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to say it right now. But we'll, we'll, no. we'll touch on it again in the, in the next episode. But I will donate my mac and cheese to, I don't, wow. I don't know, homeless shelter or something. I don't know. I'll drive it over myself. How generous of you to <laughs> maybe I'll just do that anyway that got. Um, with other food, but maybe not the mac and cheese. <laughs> well, okay. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> now more. I feel like I have to give the mac and cheese to a homeless shelter uh, <laughs> for you. Yeah, and if you for even bringing it up, you don't do it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll discuss this well, when we record again. What probably on Thursday? Probably on Thursday. See you then. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.